Hey, it's Karen Hunter from the Karen Hunter Show on Sirius XM Urban View. Here's a highlight from today's show. But this woman, she this is what she does for a living, and she's got a book. She's just long overdue. Hit them where it hurts. How to save democracy by beating Republicans at their own game. I love this strategist. That's what I'm going to call her, political scientist, election analyst as well. Let me welcome the great Rachel Bittacoffer. She is here. Hi. Oh, Karen, thank you so much. It was a lovely introduction, and thank you for mentioning the book. Well, yeah, no, this I've been waiting for. I, I've been waiting for a blueprint for how we, you know, how we do all of the things. I'm big on strategy, so I want us to know all of the ways in which we can do that. So let's start there. What's what's the game plan uh, for victory? Yeah, so it, it starts with meeting the electorate where it actually is. OK, so in our in our world, in our bubbles, we uh, we hang out with a lot of really well-informed individuals who are motivated to be informed about politics, who listen to great shows like the Karen Hunter show on Sirius or watch Chris Hayes maybe at night on MSNBC. Right. Um, but actually, most Americans don't consume news and information like that. So when we're designing our comm system and we're making a, like what I call like a cardinal sin right out the gate, we're making an assumption about an, an informed and engaged electorate, okay? Well, if we had an informed and engaged electorate, number one, you would have never seen a, a, a clearly unqualified man, madman like Donald Trump, you know, be able to rise to power, right? But number two, you look at the polling, you know, whatever the topic, the economy, Trump's criminal stuff, right? You see this divide constantly where mm -hmm. people will, will just refuse to acknowledge reality, right? So it really is important for people to understand when we're designing our comms and especially our electioneering comms, we have to meet people on the assumption that they have no idea what the Republican Party is up to. So negative partisanship strategy, which is the basis of my electric election forecasting that made me kind of, you know, nerd famous in 2018, argues there's a there's a cross motivation that people are more motivated to vote against things that they're afraid of than they are to vote for things that they might, you know, abstractly desire to see in public policy, good water, clean water, nice roads, good jobs, mm. whatever, right? And it teaches Democrats why walking through a forensic autopsy of how Republicans have built a system for 50 years, you know, that is a calm system, a propaganda system that is mm -hmm. now running at full tilt, okay? Yes. And, yes. and that this system understands that basic truth of Americans, that because they're not paying attention, because they don't like the news, because they don't have the interest that makes people like us, people like us, that you can tell and lie and shape public opinion through propaganda. And, you know, the close of the book teaches the left, not how to do propaganda necessarily, but propaganda is not a word I'm afraid of. It's a scientific term. It's meant to, you know, uh, information meant to shape opinion, Right. Um, so all th many things are propaganda. The ads you see on TV for products are propaganda, technically speaking. Right. Um, so it, it talks about how we can mechanically teaches you how to design messaging that is hyperbolic. That's a motive that is succinct, like make America great is succinct, but has all of this subterfuge, you know, connotations in it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that's what the back half of the book does. It tries okay. to. So, so let's pause, let's pause, let's it. pause, let's pause. Rachel, mm -hmm. Rachel, first of all, turn your camera back on. She look amazing. By the way. Oh, I'm not on the camera anymore. Nope, what happened? I don't, know, I don't know what happened. I was like, <laughs> she, she put on lipstick and everything I for us. You did. I was like, what, what happened? Did the dog come in? Was there a no. cat on the screen? What is I happening? I have no idea why yes. that happened. Okay. Okay. And okay. 
did we miss out. your birthday? Because I feel like there's a birthday balloon in the background. Oh, that's my son. Yeah. Okay, and you happy. know, that thing's been flying since June. Isn't that impressive? That is impressive. The helium is is probably because our <laughs> air is poisoned and it's probably half helium. So it's just uh, drawing from Yeah, the my air. son's autistic. So, you know, we got to keep that balloon until there's nothing left. So oh, okay. well, you know, thank you for sharing that. Uh, Rachel Bittacoffer is here. So let's let's get the brass tacks here. Um, okay. 50 years, they had a plan. And I've been talking about this on the airwaves individually. Like, we should have a 50-year plan for our life. Right. Even if we're not going to be here, especially if we're not going to be here. We should have a 50-year plan and a 100-year plan because that allows us to look at where we are right now and look into the future and kind of play in the future by right. planning now. Somehow the idiots, and they're not idiots, because when you think about the, the strategy, you think about the Southern strategy, you think about Lee Atwater, you think yep. about uh, Ehrlichman, you think about, you know, folk that crafted domestic policies that saw into the future that set the table for Nixon and then Reagan, then Trump, like it's been a tee up all the way through, even if the people that they're appealing to are idiots, because they are, but they're also and let me not call them names because just because someone is intellectually damaged does not make them an idiot. It just means they've been used their tools. They've been, they've been used by this. So what was the, when did the plan start? When did they realize when the, was it when the Democrats became Republicans? <laughs> yeah, no, basically that's it. I mean, the, the way, so when you look at electing Nixon back in, in uh, the sixties, right. The plan was, okay, we've had Democrat, the democratic party had a stronghold in the South. So long as the Southern Democrats, the conservative white Southern Democrats, those are the people, right. Were, were uh, racist segregationist. And then as soon as, you know, Kennedy and then LBJ moved to do federal, you know, federal legislation, the civil rights act of 64, the voting rights act of 65. And then by, you know, federal inter intervention, direct intervention, putting federal people into the states, force them to register and allow black people to vote. Ever since then, there's been strategists in the Republican Party who've understood that, okay, white conservatives are for the picking and the way to pick them is to dog whistle on race. And, you know, we can't publicly say things like segregation now, segregation forever anymore, right? But we can do things like school choice, right? Okay, pause there, Rachel. So, School choice yep. equals segregation now, segregation today, yesterday, forever. I would school, argue yes. School choice. Okay. Yes. Okay. What? What? Give us a couple of others that equal make America great again. I think that should be in that category too. <laughs> sure. That, yeah. That no, means... we go through this. Yeah. Okay. In the book, my co-author, I had a wonderful person that assisted me, a professional author, because this book to me was so important. This book to me is not about me. It's about you. Okay. It's about all the people in America who stand to suffer. And I mean, really suffer under a Republican autocracy. Right. And so I, I had somebody help me make this book as a digestible because it is wonky material as possible to, to regular readers who don't have my background. And, you know, in that book, we we walk through like some of the best things that they have done in terms of framing pro-life obviously is one of those, you know, why, why is pro-life? Why is because pro-life actually spills over. I think there's some things like, you know, COVID that crosses borders, right? I think right, right, pro-life right. is one of those things where you could get a great swath of black folk to get behind, you know, some, some black folk that love the Lord, Uh, black folk that uh, feel like, you know, men's rights are being usurped to get on board this, you know, black folk who understand eugenics and Margaret Sanger, 
you know, you get black folk on board with this pro-life thing. Yeah. And, you know, here's where the brilliance of pro-life comes from. As soon as you're pro-life, what is your opponent? Anti-life. Pro-death, right? Yeah. So it sets you up to own the moral high ground and to own it outright, right? So like, let's say I had been alive in the 70s and somebody had come to the table with, okay, well, let's counter pro-life with pro-choice. I'd have been like, okay, you want to counter the moral high ground of I'm standing on behalf of babies who right to live with I have a choice, which sounds reductionist, right? I mean, it makes you sound like you could be choosing the future of your economic health for the rest of your life or a drive-through order, right? So it really does give a moral asymmetry that the that the right was able to use over their 50 years of planning. And keep in mind, it's not just talking about shit they want to do, right? Their 50 years of planning involved recruiting a billionaire donor class, changing the campaign finance laws to allow that billion dollar, you know, billionaire class to, to really exert weight into the political spectrum and building all these infrastructures, ALEC and um, you know, Heritage Foundation and the Federalist Society and Judicial Watch to be able to pull it all together. And, you know, why we're sitting there telling people, well, they should have a choice. You should have a choice. Their argument is Democrats want to kill babies. And you're right, Karen. I would think I would assume, you know, in in, in any general election, you're about 90, 10 on the black vote, which because black people aren't fucking stupid. (laughs) Republicans think they are. But I'm here to say black folks are the Mm -hmm. smartest voters in the electorate. Okay, the smartest voters in the electorate and they do wait wait republicans know know this though which is why they go to such lengths to undermine our vote right i'm listening to radical equations and you know in the 60s to uh, you know get registered in mississippi there were whole counties where people couldn't get registered because white violence uh precipitated the you know so they understand that black voters are not stupid they so they use terrorism and gerrymandering and voter suppression and you know the laws any way they can apartheid law making to keep black people from voting which is why i'm so vigilant in like we have to vote because if they did if they didn't understand the power of the vote they wouldn't go to these lengths to make sure you could exactly exactly i told them a, a wonderful group of, of black students on campus. I did an event with them and I was like, listen, if your vote didn't matter, then why would the GOP spend millions of dollars every cycle trying to make sure you can't vote? <laughs> like, obviously it matters a lot, right? Well, you can tell that by their priorities. So yeah, um, you know, so, you know, getting getting back to the to the comparison of pro-life versus pro-choice, you know, we've, we've, we've been, in addition to not building this infrastructure, which, which the book is also, you know, going to cover extensively, we've allowed this messaging asymmetry to just get worse and worse and worse over the decades. And, you know, um, you know, is, is school choice a way to resegregate? I, I think it is. Okay. I think it is a, a, a polite way to do it, but how are they selling it? They're selling it by saying, this is about helping minority students who are trapped in low performing school districts so that they can take their district money elsewhere, right? No, it isn't, right? So they're so insidious that when they come after black rights and women's rights, they usually argue that they're being helpful as they do it, so. 
866-801-8255. Rachel Bittacoffer is here. Uh, the book is Hit Him Where It Hurts, How to Save Democracy by Beating Republicans at Their Own Game. I love it. I just uh, downloaded it. I'm going to be listening to it because uh, audio books are my jam now. I'm not. <laughs> and I get to record it, but it's not It's not out till it's February. It's pre-ordered okay, now. So I pre-ordered. I pre-ordered the audio book. Thank I just wanted, you. before I, I hit that. before I hit buy now with one click, I wanted to know if you were the voice because I want to hear you. Am. And are you cussing on this? Because I need to hear Rachel Bittacoffer cussing on her book uh you know we we limited the f-bomb i think okay. to just a couple accentuated <laughs> okay F-bomb all right Look, I, you, I mean, you know effects are effective when effectively <laughs> used you just need them as you know punctuation as you said it yeah you can't write an entire throughout. book about the republican party's political you know politics system without using the f-bomb at least twice i would that say, i agree know? with i agree okay <laughs> so we we got the messaging the propaganda. So we, we, we've identified the 50 years started around the Southern strategy and getting these Dixiecrat Democrats who were formerly McGovern and, you know, folk that love segregation and love lynching to now get on board with the Republican agenda. George Wallace. I'm sorry, not George McGovern. Thank you, Smith. George Wallace. What else? Because I feel like we react and I'm talking about all people. I'm not talking about black people, Republicans or Democrats, because, you know, I don't get into partisan politics. I think people react. People are more reactive. And what I'm looking at is this strategy puts you on your heels. So you're constantly having to defend something yes. that is ridiculous. Yes. Is that part of the strategy? Oh, yes. It's it's a, it's a And again, in the book, we talk we get a whole chapter on how does I mean, actually, there's, there's probably two or three chapters because it overlaps like. This is what they do. They take something like CRT, which is a fake issue. It's not even a real issue. And then it goes from something no one has ever heard of to the most important thing that we're talking about in an election in Virginia, right? How does that happen mechanically? Where did the idea come from? How does it get put into a political strategy? And how does it get deployed against us is covered in the book, right? And, you know, it's so important for people to understand the Republican Party its entire system is designed to put us on perpetual defense. And so you, the only way to win the game is to refuse to play. It's like war games, mutually, right? So what this book is teaching people to do is, is pivot and attack in a conversation on TV, on the Sunday shows, or in their political strategy. If they want to, to come after you about something with, you know, some bullshit issue about CRT and race in schools, the Republicans want to talk about education. I mean, that's our issue, right? And they have a terrible record on education. So it should have been like, you know, a bear claw trap, right? Oh, you want to talk education, Republicans? Let's have that conversation, right? <laughs> and then you just slam them, right? And it's scorched well, earth. I'm putting a church like- finger up. I'm putting a church finger up. Here's the problem, Rachel. Here's mm-hmm. the problem. First of all, for the last decade, cable news, which to your point, I stopped watching. And I haven't missed anything, but I imagine there are things on a loop that people who watch it think are the things that are important and they're not. So I imagine they're not watching like China and Russia have come together and we're sending, you know, missiles to Alaska to make sure that like no one's talking about that around the clock on CNN, MSNBC or Fox, even though I'm concerned. I'm like, wait a minute, we're sending missiles to Alaska. Is is it about to go down? Like what's happening? I need to pay attention to our our credit rating. That's not around the clock, but these are the things that I'm watching and reading because I watch read the financial times i'm not watching any cable news right now so mm-hmm. to your point if you're in that silo this is all you know so let's 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 back up a little bit now cable news people on not experts 
because I know I was on. I was a paid contributor for three years. They would have me talking about things that I knew nothing about. Now, you're on. You're an expert. But by and large, we're, we got two minutes to suss things out. That's not enough time. No, I agree. To actually I agree. Go I mean, the, the, so, the definition so, of expert is very loose. On oh, my goodness. <laughs> so if, 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 if the bear claw is education, let's go. Yeah. How many people sitting there even know chapter and verse, uh, you know, all the Republican states where they're last in education, they where don't. kids yeah. can't read zero people passed uh, math, I think, in in the Bronx uh, this past year, like nobody passed math. Like who knows the facts to be able to even hit them with that. So they're giving you something ridiculous that they know you're probably not going to come back because there are very few experts out there. Yeah, that and they just know that we're suckers for a good substantive conversation about policy. And we are because we got into government, uh, the people that I'm trying to help, (laughs) they got into government because they care about doing good things for people. Okay, and, you know, yes, there is money and all of this. But, uh, you know, why is Jamie Harrison the chair of the DNC? Because he cares about doing good things for people. Right. Like all these people get into a system and then they under then they figure out pretty quickly that the system isn't into these substantive policy conversations. Instead, it's all red meat, it's reductionist. And so what I'm trying to tell people, at least in this section of the book, is if you are so privileged to have the platform, because nobody watches cable news, Karen, even though you stopped and you had reasons, like beyond that, the cable news audience, guys, it's it's like a tenth of the entire American electorate. All of them, all three, even with their big ratings at Fox, right? If you combine them, it's still a very small portion of Americans who are interested in politics to the extent that they will watch cable news over tennis or whatever. Whatever, right. And so, you know, got trying to get people to understand, you know, if you have a, a meet the press appearance, it's like the value of, of 10 kilos of gold. And what you should do is do what Chris Christie does, whatever the topic is, he turns it into an opportunity to brand Democrats, right? And we need to do that. Like, so when someone asks you what should be done to help these schools, my, you know, I get it. My heart says, well, let's have a deep dive conversation about why Common Core has failed. You know, No Child Behind, Left Behind has, has failed. You know, students are doing worse, not better over these last 20 years of academic reforms. Like that's, you know, I get the temptation to put that on TV, but what we need to be doing instead is using that to opportunity to pivot and attack and just tell people the re- reason your kids' education system sucks is because of the Republican Party. The Republican Party is has been gutting public education nonstop for 50 years, right? And you gotta, you know, gotta it's, it's not it's not fair to blame Ron DeSantis for the mortgage cr- or the property insurance crises. I mean, he has culpability because he's a climate denialist. And he stripped climate language out of all of the stuff in Florida, him and Rick Scott, the guy that came before him, who's now a senator there. Okay, so they have culpability. But really, do I really believe that Ron, it's Ron DeSantis's fault that no one can insure their property in Florida? I don't. But will I tell voters that? You bet I will, because voters do not understand, well, it's this and this and this. And then Ron DeSantis <laughs> did this thing. You've got to keep it simple. Yes. Okay. You can't insure your house because of Ron, Ron DeSantis. DeSantis. <laughs> I love it. Come on through, Rachel. This is what I've been looking for. You are brilliant. Hit them where it hurts. I love this. Comes out February 6th. Of course, you're going to be back several times between now and February. But I want to get the, the table, you know, the, the ball rolling around. Appreciate just it. quick, it. easy, 
you know, giving people, you know, the tools and the weapons that they're going to need out here and to not take the bait, not take the, cause they want you talking about what they want you talking about. Yes. So you do the classic thing. This is what I, I used to media train. So I would tell my clients, you know, if, if you are asked a question, you don't want to answer, answer any question that you want to answer. Don't answer yes. that question. And it'll confuse the question asker as a professional question asker. I, I I'm like, wait a minute. You won't get away with yeah, yeah. it with, with me, but 90% of the people who are asking yes. questions have no skill. So if they ask yes. you about your love life, you go, you know, I've been building these, these schools for children in Africa with the money. And I just want to really talk, you know, you don't even have to say, I really no, want to no. talk about this. Just start talking about what you want to talk about. And the Republicans are great at that. They, and that's exactly right. And it's not, no, no, it's just it's not coming out of the womb with these talents, folks. Okay, they, they what happened was when talented evil people. I like to consider myself evil for goodness, but when talented evil people like myself are like, "Hey, you can manipulate people using these things," the Republicans are like, "Oh, that's a good idea. Let's invest billions of dollars and do it." <laughs> On our side, it's like, "No, we can't be evil." And I'm like, "Look, we're all going to be dead." Or evil we can choose and i'm voting that the people that i mean i'm going to be gone guys i'm going to be in some other country living in exile okay it's not about me it's about all the millions of people that will never have the option to relocate somewhere else or flee for their political lives or whatever right so this fight it is time to hit them we cannot go high when they go low we got to kick them in the balls right I love that I, I, and that I, party is low i had a friend of mine who taught me a prison move you you stomp on somebody's foot and then they're going to bend over to ah. grab their foot and then knee them in the nose. Dang, dude, that's I a should, great idea. Yeah, I shouldn't be. Just I know we shouldn't talk. It's a perfect segue talk. into Alabama now, huh? Yeah, probably, <laughs> probably. Have you been watching? Have you been, have you been watching? Oh, I, I have watched it. I, it makes me sick. Physical, physical violence makes me sick, to be honest with you. I'm, I like football. So maybe I'm so not that. So make that make sense because that is yeah. nothing but physical violence that, <laughs> but I don't is, like that comes with a CTE you know, afterwards yeah. that, 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 you know, can't be seen until yeah. they're dead. Yeah. But all I can tell, all I will say to those racist white dudes or women, whatever, that, that tried to, 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 you know, attack in a group. Well, this, they did this, attack. They didn't try. Yeah, they attacked they, him, yeah, right? Yeah. Is that they, they effed around and they found out, right? Like, I love how the community rallied to help him. I, I hope these people get charged with hate crimes because I don't know that I, I do, I'm so there's no way they would have done that to some buttoned up, you know, white kid who was like, hey, you can't park there because this is our official commercial spot. Right. right. There's no way, dude. So I'm, I'm hoping that hate crimes can come out of it, but we'll see. And I understand they have to have the evidence to support that. Yeah. So. But beyond that, like, I don't even want to have a conversation about, you know, whether it was right or wrong or whether, you know what happened happened because we know this country uh, default is anti-blackness. Um, it's just b- baked in. We all p- possess it. We all have it. So it's not uh, including me, you know, so it's yeah. not, it's something we have to fight and work through. Uh, but, but the culture also supports it, right? So it's not yeah. just that we have it in us, but it's also kind of supported by the culture. What, what I'm looking at right now is we're going into an election. We have a president, uh, former president that people like, that he becomes the proxy for this kind of behavior. You know, when you arrest people, you know, hit their head a little bit. Hey, I'll pay, I'll pay your uh, bail. Anybody that, you know, this kind of violence was definitely stoked under a Trump administration. And now the numbers right now, now I feel like the division around race becomes even more um, stark 
and now the violence comes with it, right? So my grandmother yes. grew up in Augusta, Georgia, among terrorism. You know, we we were able to not have it for a while, then Ahmaud Arbery happened. You know, like we've had, of course, George Floyd and, and other yeah. cases, but Ahmaud Arbery is the most clear a uh, case of somebody who uh, was told you you don't belong here yes. and there's a consequence in your life. You know, it's like Emmett Till, Ahmaud Arbery. It so, really is. So, so now, now we have this, um, people are already armed, people are already doing their paramilitary, you know, thing. They're wait. There are people waiting for a race war. You know, it's August. Oh, it's yeah. hot, you know, and I just, I just feel like I want no one to die. That's how I feel. Rachel. Exactly. And, and I mean that all across the board. I think a lot of the people on the right, these are, you know, I'm not saying these guys are victims that they should be sympathetic to, okay? Because there's there's a limit, right? But you do need, people need to understand if you're one of these white 20-year-old MAGA people, 30-year-old MAGA men, the propaganda that you're being targeted with every day, it's not accidental. It's not organic. It is contrived to incite them towards violence because it's flipping victimization around. This was exactly what the Nazis did in the Third Reich. They made everything that they did defensive. Everything that the Nazis did to the people of Germany, to the Jews, to the gypsies, to the other countries, it was all defensive in their rhetorical propaganda mind right and so we are in a dangerous time and you know whenever i get an ear into the black community i try to use it to tell folks because you guys are the most vulnerable right i mean i think black and latino communities of color are extraordinarily vulnerable to a republican one-party autocracy and uh, I, we must do whatever it is each of us can do to prevent them from having that opportunity and that comes with, you know, this 2024 presidential election. You know, we want to win it all, but we have to hold the executive branch. They're yes. being very clear about their plans to um, strip the civil service out so they can put political players into those non-political positions. So all those folks, good government. So it, just so people understand those good government jobs that are by and large yeah. right now held by a lot of black folk. Uh, yes. In Washington, D.C., they've already said they want to move that out of D.C. into these yep. rural uh, red counties and states. Yep. And those are good government jobs that are yeah, basically yeah. jobs for life that now will be politically appointed, not based on your, you know, qualifications. Yeah, yeah. Civil servants yeah. are, by yes. the way, dis they are uh, not allowed to be political in any way. You have to sign an agreement. You're not going to even vote, I think, right? <laughs> like when you're what? a civil servant or whatever, you can't talk about your vote at all. You So, it, you know, we're, we're really in a dangerous position and it really is about all of us keeping our eyes on the prize, right? There's so many things that, were, that are plaguing society, problems that are not getting addressed. I think Biden has been very, very effective given that he's governing an unhealthy democracy in a crisis situation, right? But, you know, what we need to be thinking about is the future. And 2024, it, fascism is not going to be good for people of color. We uh. must 
protect them. We okay. must. Worst case scenario, we're talking with Rachel Bittacoffer, of course. Uh, she's a strategist extraordinaire. Book Hit Him Where It Hurts comes out in February, How to Save Democracy by Beating Republicans at Their Own Game. Before we do that, uh, there's some question about if we're a democracy. You know, like they'll they'll get you caught up in like dumb stuff like, this is not a democracy, oh, yeah. it's a republic. Yeah. Or a republic. Democrats are the, the party of segregation. I'm like, you know, so I always teach people. I'm like, it was white conservatives in the South. Okay, that's who was they just now are Republicans, but it's the people are the same. Now, they're not the same people, but think about the progeny. I mean, if if John Lewis just passed, right, Um, then we know that there are people who were raised in households who are now holding positions of power that, you know, were deeply supportive of of the segregation system. So it's very, I think, foolish and naive for us to assume that the racial components of control are in any way tangential or accidental. They are the driving, you know, goal, I would argue. Which is why I purposely don't get caught up in partisan politics, because it's not, once you start doing that, you can end up in a corner. Like, the Republicans freed the slaves, the slaves, you know, it's like, yes, technically, and then you have to concede that, and then but, and then you've already lost the argument. I don't get caught up in partisan politics at all. I'm, I'm, right. I'm caught up in ideology, in the ideology of freedom versus, yep. you know, oppression, period. Yep. And if we stick yep. there, then these are oppressive things that these people are doing and they happen to wear R's on their chest, but that doesn't matter. Cause they change. I mean, who just changed Uh Kristen cinema or somebody mentioned somebody, people just changed their party affiliation. Joe, Joe, what's his name? Uh, Lieber, Lieberman was his name. Joe Lieberman at one point, wasn't he a Democrat and he was an independent and like, we don't know what people are going to do, you know, but we, we see it. We see it. So give us, um, before we go, give us one more thing. What is your worst fear, Rachel, as it relates to 2024? What is your worst fear and what's the outcome? Of, you know, look, take us down 30, 40 years. If something bad happens in 2024, because I don't think DeSantis can win. I actually think Chris Christie has a better chance than he does just because I'm from Jersey and I understand the fickle nature of people. I do. And he plays very well to people who have reasonable minds because he is right now blowing Trump, you know, just decimating him verbally. That's why I donated to him just so I could see that because we okay. need someone we need someone to bring Earth one into Earth two. Right. Because it's a completely con- con- controlled environment. So with Christie, at least you have one guy who's like peeling back the curtain. Right. Where the wizard's sitting behind and being yep. like greetings from Earth one. Or the COVID vaccine didn't kill more people than COVID, right? <laughs> Facts. Okay. So I, so we're, we're, you're seeing what I'm seeing. And I know people are like, he can't win either. I'm like, mm, it's not about him winning. It's, it's yeah. about us winning. It's about us yes. winning, right? And we have to put yeah, ourselves yeah. in the best position to win. Us, we the people. Yeah. So yes. if for some reason Trump wins from jail, <laughs> then what? I can't, I cannot possibly tell you how bad that that would be, but let's assume it's any of the Republicans. I mean, unless it's someone like Will Hurd, Chris Christie, or Aza Hutchinson, which it will not be. It would be DeSantis or Trump, okay? Let's say that it's some other Republican. I think what we're going to be seeing, guys, it's not like um, that we'll wake up the day after election day and suddenly be living in a one-party autocracy. That's It didn't start with death camps in, in the Third Reich, okay? It started with, well, let's redefine citizenship so that certain classes of people 
are not citizens, they're subjects. And therefore we can, you know, push them out of their jobs. We can ban them out of entire industries. We can take all their property. We can say, you know, Jews can't own a business. You have to get, if we're taking your, they called it Aryanizing the business, right? They take over the business from them. It was about a slow process. So what I would tell people is, do I expect the world to light on fire if Republicans win the presidency in 2024 the next day? No, I do not, okay? What I expect though, is that within a year, they will enact serious reforms that will make it very, very difficult to stop the slide into autocracy for people. And if you think a federalist system, we have states and, and uh, you know, the national government are separate, will save us. I'm here to tell you that Germany and the Weimar Republic had federalism, okay? And all they did to deal with that was say, from now on, your governor is one of our party members, right? And boom, problem solved. Wow, so, wait, federalism, so I, I, yeah. I need people to understand this. So 1933, uh, the Nuremberg laws actually came into effect 1935. But before that, they the German law restricted the number of Jewish students at German schools. Yes. Uh, does that sound familiar? Hey, yes. let's uh, get rid of affirmative action. We're going to restrict the number of black folk that come into the schools. And, you know, boom. So that's already happened. Right. So that yes. that was that predated the Nuremberg laws of 1935. Right. Going yeah, and into 30 the teachers. Right. Purging right. Getting rid of all the professors. Yep. Getting right. So just listen. So they attacked the schools first. They attacked the schools first and then the books. Yep. Right. Right. The books started getting banned and burned. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Then the, then the Nuremberg laws came in and they started legislatively removing Jewish people from legislation. Mm -hmm. Right. Then, then it became uh, property. Property yep. started getting seized to your point. Yep. Right. And then crystal knock happened. Yeah. And then it was off to the races, but it took them a good four to five years of systematic yes. dismantling, starting with the yes. schools in the books and the yes. teachers and then one by one. And they've already done that in many states across the union. And we haven't had the election of 2024 yet. No doubt. No doubt. And that's so like that's our stopping point. Right. So people always say, well, Rachel. It's ridiculous to compare this to the Third Reich. And, you know, yeah, if you're talking about 1939 Nazi Third Reich Germany, where Hitler had already consolidated power, he was unabashedly in control of absolutely everything, right? Yeah, we're not there yet, guys. We don't want to be there. And we are on that slope. <laughs> we're rolling down the hill. So we need to build something here that stops that ball from reaching ground level. Because once you do reach ground level, folks, people always say, well, why didn't the Jews do this or that to save themselves? Well, they couldn't, okay? There was no more options for those that waited beyond Crystal. I mean, even the Crystal Knot was, was like a last exodus, right? But those people struggled to leave Germany, right? And it is, and it, there was no legal recourse left because there is a state police, a state party, the state, the party controlled everything. There, so we really need folks to understand Things are bad, but they can get a lot, lot worse. And that millions of lives, and including the, the prosperity, our, um, our children who aren't even born yet, right, 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 are depending on us to make sure that we convey to the electorate what is at stake in this election. I agree. And, I, and all you need to do for those of you who say, this is outrageous, Florida, DeSantis gave incentives for people who like to bang people's heads before they had due process. 
he gave incentives to get for police to come to Florida, to the state of Florida. Yeah. He gave incentives to people to come to the state of Florida to become police officers. He yeah, did not what? just people, MAGA people, right? He no, I, people. I'm saying something. I, I said, I said, I said it without saying it. See, we we yeah, also yeah. have to be very clever with the language, Rachel, which you know already. Did you see the story about PragerU? And the supplemental income, so Florida schools, getting to this, Florida schools have approved the use of supplemental curriculum that was created by PragerU, which is an unaccredited right-wing advocacy group. They have a university. (laughs) I'm going to play a clip. They got Frederick Douglass in a clip. Did you see? I've seen this last night. Thank you for highlighting this. Oh yeah. my goodness. I sent it. I know I did. All right. I did not know that, that Prager had this contract with Florida. So I will definitely do some commentary on my own socials about that. All right. I'm gonna find it really quickly because this yeah, is this, this clip. Is I mean, I, when I saw it last night, I literally gasped and I'm a person that's trying to get people to read textbooks from the seventies to see how they used to talk about slavery. So it's not like, I don't know Child. how they do it, you know? So let me just set it up. <laughs> Here you go. Smith. There is uh. so you got Frederick Douglass standing in front of what looks like maybe the Capitol or the white house talking to a little uh cherub a little white girl and her mom uh about history a little boy i'm sorry little boy a little redheaded uh woman looks like his mother or maybe she's a teenager talking about history uh let me know smiz when you're ready this is and it's a cartoon it's a cartoon play it children our founding fathers knew that slavery was evil and wrong and they knew that it would do terrible harm to the nation they wanted it to end But their first priority was getting all 13 colonies to unite as one country. The southern colonies were dependent on slave labor, and they wouldn't have joined a union that had banned it. Are you okay with that? I'm certainly not okay with slavery. But the Founding Fathers made a compromise to achieve something great. The making of the United States. It was America that began the conversation to end it. But Leo is correct that big problems need to be approached very carefully. Have you kids heard of William Lloyd Garrison? No. Nope. He's an abolitionist like me. And he and I used to be friends, but we aren't any longer. We don't agree how to solve problems. William refuses all compromises, demands immediate change, and if he doesn't get what he wants, he likes to set things on fire. Sounds familiar. Sounds like you know the type. Yeah, we've got that type in our time. So, you're trying to work for change inside of the American system. Precisely, Layla. Our system is wonderful, and the Constitution is a glorious liberty document. We just need to convince enough Americans to be true to it. Oh, my God. Frederick Douglass is rolling around in his grave right now. Did he say slavery was bad, but it helped us build build America? So we had to compromise. Oh, my gosh. This is crazy. (laughs) This is going out in curriculum. This is part of the curriculum in Florida. So... What? Yeah. What are- <laughs> <laughs> and it gets worse. There's another segment in that same recording that Matto played last night that is the happy slave thing, right? Well, you know, slaves were happy. They they learned all kinds of skills and they got to be Americans afterwards. Oh my God. <laughs> like it was Look, y'all, y'all right? can mess around. And what yep. you saw happening in Alabama could happen to us, but forever. And I'm not here for that. Uh like Rachel, I too have a passport and the means to be out but at what cost you know we want to be here we want to be here we want to be here so we're going to demand that we are here by acting and not sitting and waiting for crystal knock not waiting 
Rachel, uh, you'll be back. Hit them where it hurts because we want that. Uh, How to save democracy by beating Republicans at their own game. We're going to get more of the blueprint later on as you come back between now and February when the book comes out. But I'm so grateful that you're here today. Thank you for coming through. Yeah, thank you so much for having me and for helping me get the word out about about this uh, about the strategic shift we need. So. Yeah, no, I'm going to listen to it. Maybe you can send me send me some things so I can start jotting things. Oh, down girl, as soon things. as I get my advanced copies, you're on the okay. list. Don't you All worry. Right. <laughs> yes. All right. Thank you so much. All, All right. right. Thank you. And thank you to your audience, too, for listening to me. Hey, this is Karen Hunter. You can listen to the Karen Hunter show live every Monday through Friday at 3 p.m. East on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.